Lady of the Laws, favor me now. Zarina, priestess of Shar, spoke aloud in the near total darkness that threatened to smother the dim light from her small brazier. The guttering flame barely illuminated the supine body of the unconscious Noel laid carefully on the altar rock, awaiting its fate. The dull orange glow reflected dimly off the metal studs of the cleric's leather armor, now stained with the dirt and grime of the road. It had taken her hours to reach this hidden place with her unconscious burden, but now she was nearing the end of the ceremony that would win her Shar's favor. Mistress of the Dark, favor me now. The priestess drew from her belt the favored weapon of her deity, a razor-sharp chakra. Holding it in one hand, she extended her other towards the roof of the cavern and, splaying her fingers wide, begged Shar to take notice of the blood sacrifice. If the deity was pleased, she would grant Zinra the divine spells she had craved. She would in turn use these powers to further Shar's goals here in Farin. If the deity was not pleased, she preferred not to think about that. Raising the chakram above her victim, she concluded her invocation. Dark deity, favor me now. Slowly, carefully, she brought the chakram down. The deity Shar is one of the reasons why good folk in Faroon fear the night. The clergy of Shar fulfills the commands of Saloon's dark twin, whose sinister desires and schemes are stuff of evil legend. Dedicated to spreading her dogma and carrying out her wishes, the Church of Shar is of necessity too secretive and furtive organizations that must practice its rites in hidden places, for the faith is forbidden in some areas. The considerable, a considerable number of those who follow the Lady of Loss are quite willing to give up their own lives if doing so better serves the Dark Deity, making this organization a particularly 
deadly and dangerous foe of those who oppose the doctrines of Shar's enemies. Any good-hearted person fears the snares and lies of Shar, and rightly so. Perhaps because times have been increasingly difficult across Peroon in recent years, giving rise to greater feelings of jealousy, hatred, and bitterness, Shar's cult has of late gained a number of converts, and with them an increase in its influence and resources. Though barred officially from the cities, hidden temples consecrated to the mistress of the night have sprung up across Peroon. From these secret bases, the church's cells advance their power of their sect even as they advance their own. Char is, was, and shall always be. So say her priestess, and they may well be correct. Her own history dates back to the very earliest origins of the cosmos. Dark Shar and her bright sister Saloon together brought about the creation of the universe in which Toril is found. But their opposed nature led to, to strife and finally to open conflict. In the divine struggle that ensued, Saloon emerged victorious through the aid of the newborn deity Mistra, later Mistra, born of energy taken from both sisters even ever since that time Char has struggled against her lighter twin. Powerful but isolated, she waxed and waned in power as the eons passed. Mortals have worshipped the various aspects of Char since they first appeared in the world. She is favored by those who desire the deeds, who desire, whose desires and deeds are best served by darkness, venerated by those who have suffered loss and grown bitter in its wake, the wor and worshipped by those whose hearts are filled with jealousy. All who know the delicious thrill of discovering and hoarding secrets, particularly those of a malicious or spiteful nature, know Char's caress. Her dogma and hopelessness 
in the face of an uncaring and indifferent cosmos appeals to all those for whom life seems without meaning or substance. During the time of troubles, she acquired the cavern port cavern per portfolio by slaying Embrandle, a lesser power. Since then, a number of subterranean beings such as goblins, troglodytes, and kobolds have started to venerate her. Today, Shar's clergy is actively spreading her worship throughout the room. The clerics must do their work in secret, however, for Shar has many enemies. Her clerics' tools include subversion, corruption, and outright deception as they work to convert the faithful of other deities to the worship of the Lady of the Lost. Because the cult must remain hidden to avoid persecution, it has no official center of worship or administration that would tempt its enemies. Its largest religion house is the Temple of Old Night in Kalimport. It is impossible to know the exact number of worshippers who consider Shard their patron deity or who venerate her sufficiently to be considered active in her church. The best Shar the best Shar symbol is a pure black disc with a deep purple border. This symbol is displayed prominently in her temples and shrines, though in some hidden worship areas the symbol is removed between services so that the intruders who stumble upon the place of worship will not necessarily know exactly what is transpiring there. Her clerics often wear jewelry that bears her sigil worked into its design. They prefer jet or onyx for the black center of the symbol, an amethyst or purple marble for the border. The Church of, of Shar is segmented into a number of individual cells that operate independently. A cell is normally organized near a temple shrine, or other place of worship. All the cells in a given geographical geographic area are under the command of a single priest. These priests 
No. These priests communicate with one another, but they provide information to their inferiors only on a need-to-know basis. Char is, after all, the deity of the unrevealed secrets. Whether or not she actually lies to her clergy is uncertain, but it seems like that Char never reveals more than she feels she must, even to those who serve her well. Char's temples are controlled and administered by the most senior, that is, the most potent cleric of Char. Each temple's hierarchy is unique, but regardless of its precise organizational structure, it is always arranged in a clearly defined manner. All members of the clergy know their place, and church doctrine forbids attempting to improve one's position. Although this rule is conveniently ignored by the ambitious, estimated estimate is that perhaps as many as 100,000 Perunians have chosen Char as their patron, and of this number, some 3,500 represent her as clergy. The Church of Shar exists both to perpetuate itself and to spread the influence of the Dark Deity by converting worshippers to her faith. Shar's worshippers advance these goals by working secretively to undermine and corrupt governments, religions, and persons dedicated to good or tenets that differ from their own. Doing so makes their victims more receptive to Shar's gospel and increases the likelihood that they will turn away from their own faiths and accept hers. While their methods may seem similar to those of other evil organizations, each member of the Church of Shar performs these acts not merely for personal gain, but for a deep devotion to the Lady of the Lost in an unwavering obedience to her worldly representations. Any given cell of the church may undertake a variety of uh, clandestine operations as dictated by its superiors. Often, the members of a cell do not 
know exactly why they are to murder a particular noble or take over a certain merchant's business or a certain merchant's business. Those who absolutely need to know hold these secrets in trust. Among the clergy, secrets are the coin of the realm. They are the most valuable commodities available to a worshipper of Shar. They are not distributed casually. Sharon's offering to share information, expect a return in kind. Secrets are also useful for subverting the minds and wills of potential converts. A well-placed secret in the right ear may gain a new soul for Shar much faster and more lastingly than a conversion obtained at sword point. A favorite recent example involves a certain notable countess in Symbia who was ignorant of the fact that her beloved husband was engaged in an affair with her sister until a priest of Shar whispered the awful secret in her ear. The counter the countess experienced all the emotions that made her receptive to Shar's message to Shar's message loss, jealousy and bitterness. The countess, the countess's thirst for revenge for this slight drove her right into the waiting arms of the church of Shar. So does the influence of the dark deity grow one soul at a time. Although the Church of Shar normally avoids open conflict with other religions, it is intractable. No, it is intractably opposed to the agents of good faiths, particularly those of Selun. So bitter is Shar's hatred for her twin that much of her clergy's resources and energy are devoted to bringing as much hurt to the Moon Maiden as possible. A cell suspends all other activities if it learns of an opportunity to combat forces of Selene. The church works on occasion with the monks of the Dark Moon, an elite order of sorcerer monks who serve the Lady of Laws. 
but these collaborations are infrequent since Shar prefers that the monks operate independently. Shar's church actively recruits new members as well as worshippers of its deity, but Shar's priests are not easily fooled and those wishing to be ordained in her church must undergo tests of faith and commitment that involve practices abhorrent to most good aligned beings. Those who balk at committing murder or sacrificing a loved one to, pro to prove themselves are not accepted into the clergy. Often they are themselves killed, usually by a potentially true convert who is ready to show his devotion to faith. New cleric recruits are continually tested, assigned to activities that require uncompromising obedience to the church, hierarchy, and principles. The hands of most initiate, initiates are so steep in blood after only a few months as members of the clergy that even if they were to renounce their faith and somehow escape Char's vengeance, they would very likely never be welcome again in good societies. Once accepted into the clergy, a cleric of Char must demonstrate unswerving and unquestioning obedience to his or her superiors. To defy orders is to invite death. Seldom are her clerics given instructions that involve suicidal sacrifice for Shard does not spend her spend her worshippers' lives unless doing so leads to a future net gain of converts. Those who serve the faith well learn its secrets, but not before they are judged ready. Folk who choose Shar as their patron deity because circumstances in their lives led them to believe in her message generally have no problem finding their way to the nearest underground cell. Joining Shar's church as a worshipper rather than as a member of her clergy also involves performing acts that would revulse 
Non-evil individuals. Those who betray the church after being exposed to or participating in these rites are naturally destroyed. Char's followers are expected to increase her influence and power by bringing more worshippers into the fold. Her clerics actually do not provide the majority of converts to Shar's faith. Most conversions are accomplished by family or friends who convince a new devotee to join the church. More than a few converts are persons who have suffered such terrible loss or bitter grief that they desire only to forget, and in so doing they find themselves drawn irresistibly to Shara's message of soothing hopelessness. Little do they suspect, suspect that someone close to them orchestrated their woes in order to gain another soul to sh for Char. Given Char's dogma, it's not difficult to understand why her church has few lasting allies. The dark deity's unforgiving and black dogma discourages alliances of all but the most temporary sort. Those who willingly work alongside Shar's clergy do so with the knowledge that the Sharans will never reveal any profound secrets or vital information except under the most extraordinary circumstances. The church has no hesitation about employing monsters or creatures that are easily bribed, manipulated, or intimidated into serving Shar's goals. Undead, evil humanoids, and ambitious young evil dragons are common among the church's servitors and casual associates. Among the Ferunian deities, only Telona does not fear does not fear to ally herself regularly with Shar, but she does so only when the partnership brings woe to their common en enemy, Leviathan. Shar's has been observing Sirik's career since his absence uh, uh, ascension to godhood during the time of troubles. Of late, she has begun to tempt him with the power of the shadow weave, which would allow his clerics to free themselves from their dependence 
upon Mistra. She has not yet revealed the extent of her plans for a Saron Cirrusist alliance even to her most loyal clerics. However, since she does not wish those forced allied to her hatred sister to become aware of what might well become of most powerful evil cults in she has not yet revealed the extent of her plans for a Cirrusist, a Sharon Cirrusist alliance, even to her most loyal clerics. However, since she does not wish to, since she does not wish those forces allied to her hated sister to become aware of what might well become the most powerful evil cult in Perun. Shar's foes include all the organized groups, cl clergies, and forces of good. First among her opponents is, of course, her sister, sister Saloon. Char's hate, hatred, and loathing for the Moon Maiden is unremitting, and her clergy has standing orders to destroy her sister's worshippers whenever possible. Char takes special delight in condemning captured Selunite clerics who prolong an excruciating, no, through prolonged and excruciating torture. Adventurers most often encounter small groups of Char clergy going about their deity's business, carrying messages from one cell to another, working to undermine or topple some local government, plotting against the Church of Saloon, or engaging in other activities designed to increase the power of Shah. Lone members of the church travel throughout Perun on missions of espionage or murder because they do not wish to draw attention to themselves in areas where their faith is prohibited or persecuted. Sharons often travel disguised as merchants, pilgrims, or even adventurers. In lands where Shar is worshipped openly and her temples have gained influence, the Sharons make no such compromises. A typical Sharon encounter includes a cleric leader of at least second level, 
plus some muscle. If the clerics encountered are of sufficiently high level, they are likely to also have some levels of the divine dis disciple or divine champion prestige classes. Mages who are members of the church often accompany those operatives. Some clerics of Shar multi-class as rogues and spellcasters who access the shadow weave are common among the leaders in these group encounters. A character of this sort is most likely to be encountered in the vicinity of a Sharn temple, but may be found almost anywhere if a potential convert is located nearby. The worship of Shar does not grant any spell-like or supernatural abilities by default. Although the church knows of several rituals that grant permanent powers to the devout in exchange for personal and monetary sacrifices. A ritual typically takes several hours and requires the intervention of a cleric of Shar of ninth level or higher. The recipient of the ritual of the shadow mantle gains the ability to surround herself with a cloak of flickering, undulating shadows that she can shape into a frightening mantle. She can invoke this power once per day with a duration of one minute. The recipient gains a plus two circumstance bonus on all intimidate checks and a plus one deflection bonus to armor class. While surrounded by the mantle, the recipient also gains dark vision with a range of 60 feet and a plus 3 saving throw bonus against any holy, good, or light spells or effects. Sharon clergy typically utilize this ritual as a means of displaying their power and to frighten or cow their enemies. The recipient must surrender 500 XP after a black sapphire worth at least 2,000 gold piece to shard. The ritual of shadow walking bestows upon the recipient the ability to use shadows as a means of conveyance. The recipient may enter an area 
foreshadow as a standard action and emerge immediately from another such area that is no more than 100 feet away. This power is a supernatural ability that the recipient can invoke at will. By utilizing the ritual's power repeatedly, the recipient can effectively step through shadows to reach a distant location. Most recipients utilize the ritual as a means of escape or ambush. The journey through the numbingly cold shadow stuff takes a toll on the ritual user's health. Each time she invokes this power, she suffers two points of temporary constitution damage and a loss of 2d4 hit points. The ritual user may also hide within the shadow stuff rather than emerging, but the cost for, the, for doing so is even higher. For every round the recipient does not emerge from the area of shadow, she suffers 4 points of temporary constitution damage and a loss of 3d4 hit points. Should the recipient's hit points be reduced to zero or less, or should her constitution score drop below one, her body is claimed by the shadow stuff and remains trapped within forever. The ritual requires a piece of jet worth 5,000 gold pieces or more and drains 2,000 XP from the recipient.